1: Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we have a special interview ahead of the NWSL semifinals. But before we jump into that, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. Also, head on over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe to never miss a new video, interview, or whenever we go live. Plus, you can catch great highlights over at YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. Today, we are joined by Welsh International midfielder for the OL Reign, the second-place team in NWSL playoffs, the 2021 MVP candidate, Jess Fishlock. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great, thanks. We're so excited to, to chat with you. It's an exciting time in NWSL playoffs. Fully in swing, semifinals coming right up. So congrats to you and O.L. Rain on, on making the playoffs. It was an unbelievable season for O.L. Rain. We've been keeping track of it all season long. Second place uh, in the standings, earned the team uh, a bye week straight to the semifinals. And uh, we, we heard Megan Rapino joking a little bit about that, talking about with you know being older, she loves the bye week. So we just wanted to, to kick this off with, which sort of asking, you know, if you took a little bit of time yourself with that bye week, or what did you do? How, how, how did you utilize your bye week? Yeah, look, Pino's
2: not lying. We really do like a few extra days when you get a little bit older. You're just kind of like, do I need to train or can I just rest or, you know, how does this work? But no, yeah, we knew that honestly, we knew that having this bye week would be kind of really important for us. We have a couple of players that are like coming back that probably needed a little bit more training time. And then we have some players that, you know, like myself, just a little bit tired from the season and international duty, which this last three months has been um, like nonstop. I feel like I've been in a constant state of jet lag for two months. Um, So yeah, the, the bye week was not only important for us to get a really good performance against Kansas. And obviously that would have led us into the bye week, but As a group, it's just nice for us to be able to just spend some time on the training field, not have it be super pressurized this week, and then we can get back into what we need to do, you know, and focus this week. Now we know as well who we're playing against.
3: And now that, you know, I'm hopefully this, this last week, a little bit of rest, a little bit of catching up on some of your sleep to kind of get over a little bit of that jet lag. I can't even imagine, but um, like you said, now, you know, so quarterfinals last weekend, Washington spirit, they beat North Carolina courage. So you and your team will face Washington spirit in the semifinals on Sunday, November 14th. Did you watch these matches, the quarterfinal games? Did you watch, especially Washington, North Carolina, that game?
2: Yeah, we kind of um, watched, but missed the first game a little bit because we were training. Um, but yeah, watched the the second game. Um, you know, also I have a fellow Welsh shoot in North Carolina, so I was kind of rooting for for Has. Um, but it was a great game, honestly. I thought the game was was such an entertaining game. Both teams showed what they're really good at, um, what they're capable of. And in the end it took, you know, probably a little bit of fatigue and and kind of um some great stuff from from Rodman and Hatch who have been clutched for the Washington Spirit all season. So, you know, it was a great game. I honestly was watching the game as like a, a fan thinking, yo, if I wasn't even involved in this, this this is some good soccer.
1: Yeah, real intense moments for sure. Outrageous performances from both the goalkeepers and and that one Centering back in on, on all rain a bit. You know, the the team your your club is it had to go through a bit of adversity this year, right? Maybe in the, in that first half a uh, a bit of, you know, inconsistency in terms of the results, right? Then a head yeah. coach change uh, change obviously. Um and now to to this week we're uh, finding yourselves preparing for for the semi-final. So sort of taking the the wider angle of that and looking at all of that as a whole, how, how would you sort of, you know, as, as one of the leaders on this team, how would you sort of evaluate the team's current focus ahead of the, the semifinal?
2: Yeah, look, I think our focus is just, number one, we have to really kind of focus on ourselves. I think you've seen, what we've seen, and we've felt the ups and downs of what our group can, can do and the frustrations of what, Kind of doesn't happen if we're not kind of fully focused on on what we need to do to be successful. Um, and I think we've kind of really been able to narrow that down throughout the season of what kind of what actually really does make make us successful. What makes us um, a really difficult team to to play against, and what allows our our players and our roster to kind of shine because we have a lot of different players. Um, a lot of very good players that all, all have completely different attributes and we have to find a way to make sure that everything works in order for their kind of attribute to shine. And it took, you know, it took us a, a little while to kind of get that um, and it took a coaching change to fulfill that. And so, you know, we've kind of been really focused on that since Harv's has come in and then we've been able to find out what works for us and, and perhaps we weren't really doing that the right way at the beginning of the season Um, because the potential was always there when you have a roster like we have you have to find somebody that can unlock that you know it's not this league is too good you cannot just throw this team onto a field and just be like oh they'll be fine you know this team is this League is too good for that. That's actually really disrespectful for this league to think that you can kind of do that. You still have to be able to have a structure and and, and find a way to unlock the talent that you have on the field. And that's what we've been able to do um, the last few months. And that's how we were always oh so close again. And what we really wanted was the Shield. Obviously, we wanted that as well. Um, but to be able to come from, I think we were in 9th in July and now where we are right now just goes to show like... At this, what this team actually is and what it can do.
3: Almost a full circle at, with how the team started and now how it has ended up, and and you mentioned finding those pieces to unlock the individual talent to come together as a team unit. So now, as you head into postseason and playoff, you've uh, you and all Rain have played Washington Spirit throughout this regular season. At, most recently, about a month ago from when this game will take place on November fourteenth, I think back to October sixteenth or so. So when you mm-hmm. prepare for a playoff match. How does the preparation differ? Um, it's the same team you'll be playing against, but now it's it's a playoff game and it's win or go home.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the thing about these games is you actually, you can't really make it about the fact that it's a playoff game because once you start making it, that this game is so much different and it's so much this and it's so much that, that's when, you know, stresses can come in, a little bit of nervous and kind of anxiety will come in and then, you know, people just start making really weird decisions like that's just what happens when all this kind of gets in on you and I think you could feel that when I was a little bit of the Gotham game against Chicago I think you could feel that little bit of you know nervousness that it's the first playoff game and what are they going to do and kind of that that stuff we have a group that you know is is kind of really used to to big games and and we'll just be kind of saying to everybody look we have to just play the game for what it is. Like the game doesn't change itself. The occasion and all the noise on the outside, that is different. Of course, that's different. But the game is the same game. You know, it's the same kind of situation. And so we just have to make, really focus on on that and not, not kind of live for the occasion. Because if we live for the occasion, then we go semifinals, then we think about the final. And then we don't get to the final right? So we just really have to just keep focusing on just the game itself. And what do we need to do to win the game?
1: It really is a process and, and, and a journey, I think unique to, to every team. Uh, let's maybe talk, dive into a little bit more about what locking up that number two seed means for, for all reign. The match is going to be played at Janie stadium. So it, it secures a home playoff match mm-hmm. for the club. And yeah. Obviously on paper perspective is like, Hey, there's a ton of advantages, right. to playing at home, there's, there's no travel on, on the body. You get, you get the advantage of, of, of home fans, but the semifinal match being uh, at Cheney stadium, what do you feel are additional advantages to, to having it, you know, being at, being at home besides perhaps the fans and the familiarity of, of the pitch dimensions?
2: Yeah, look, I think the truth is that it's a semifinal and the football field is a football field at the end of the day. And, and you know, Washington are not going to come in and be like, oh, it's a Cheney Stadium, we're so scared. That's not going to happen, right? Like they're coming in from the semifinal and they've just won a quarterfinal. They're going to be on, you know, on a high. They're going to have so much confidence. So I think for us it's more just like like you say, the frustrations of the travel is... Is whatever we get to sleep in our own bed, which is always really nice. Um, it's just familiarity of just your surroundings and your environment that's probably the biggest advantage, um, of having a home semifinal. I know, I think I couldn't tell you what it feels like because the only semi finals that we've been in, we've always been home and it's always been about what's in the spirit, actually. Fun fact, yeah. um, so yeah, I don't, you know, even if we were going away. We'd wake up, it'd be a semifinal and all of the noise would just go out the window, you know, like it just, it just wouldn't matter. So I'm not saying that it's not an advantage. It is a hundred percent an advantage, but how much of that it is, I'm, I'm unsure.
1: Let's, uh, let's maybe focus a uh, shift a little bit to, 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 ha- to tactics, you know, the attack for this team sort of in this, this, maybe that final third of the season, just sort of hit like a level that I think everybody was watching this team and watching it come together and say this this was the old ray team that everybody was looking for and waiting for and then it was like here we are we have arrived Megan the return of Megan Rapino Rose Lavelle, uh Eugenie Le Jennifer Marles and of course yourself uh Bethany Balser putting together what she did uh on the pitch mm-hmm. for you all what how has it been like to sort of having so much in, like individual pieces finally sort of come together at the right time in the right moment.
2: Yeah, there is nothing better than having like a little cog, like a machine cog that just works. Like everybody's doing doing their jobs and doing what they're supposed to do, and then it kind of just works like a well-oiled machine. Um, on the flip side of that, there's nothing more frustrating than when that doesn't happen. Um, but yeah like like I said when you have this this amount of kind of talent and it took a while to kind of get everybody together it took a while to get everybody in you know like rose after the Olympics and pinot back and uh, the Frenchies come in but they needed some time to adapt to crazy American culture and you know it's just people just think like I said that you can just drop these players in and they're just gonna they're just going to shine. But, you know, it was not fair to think that on, on those, you know, even with Ooge. I think Uj is one of the best players in the world. I said that when I was at Lyon, but she'd had struggled. She'd had some injuries at Lyon. So she just needs to come in and get some fitness as well. It wasn't just about, can Ooge come and, and light this up of course she can light this up she's unbelievable but we needed to respect that she needed to get her body right she needed to get her fitness right um and once she did that I mean she's been phenomenal right so it's just and then it's about the team kind of um taking time to understand each other what is their main attribute how can you get that out for them in the team then it's about the team being able to to sacrifice a little bit, everything, every little bits of our games to make sure that we get the best out of somebody else in their kind of special specialty, right? Like, and that takes time, and it takes self awareness, and it takes selfishness. Um, selflessness sorry. And that is where we're at right now. You know, me and Pina were joking the other day that we're a team of probably the most arrogant, selflessless people that you can have, and that's when we work. Right. And so we just have to make sure that we kind of keep that going.
3: Getting all of the right pieces in the right place. And another big piece that you touched on a little bit earlier was Laura Harvey coming in in the middle of July and, and really finding those pieces that fit and, and playing to the strengths of the personnel on the field. How has it been working with Laura Harvey as, as coach?
2: Yeah, look, I, you know, I, not enough words for me just to talk about Laura. I said that when I was working with her before. Um, and she's even better now, which I probably back then I wouldn't have thought was possible. But now, obviously, we've both grown up and matured and realized that, you know, there's always room for growth. And she's come back and really, you know, like I said, she she took this team and, and kind of turned it into what it is now. Her and Sam. Sam our assistant manager deserves Mm -hmm. massive praise as well Um, but yeah when you have a manager like Laura who understands what makes you tick and what makes you work as a human being as well as who can understand your attributes as a kind of footballer and then and then put them together um then you get to see what she's done with this team within three months right I mean that's just not by luck It's um, just based off her kind of coaching style, how she sees football, her philosophy, but also her man management, and then kind of putting all of that together. Um, It's pretty incredible, really. If you think of it, if you think about where we were before she came in and then what we've been able to do, you know, we were, what, a point, maybe two points off of Portland and they had pretty much the team the whole season. So, I mean...
1: No, absolutely. It's uh, it's been a wonderful reunion to sort of bear witness to with with her return to to the franchise. Um, we always like to close out episodes with with a bit of fun. So with this being a, a semifinal interview, I want to close out with a couple of things. would just hit us with the reaction when perhaps you saw um, the MVP candidate list and and, and saw your name among <laughs> some of these other folks that uh, that are yeah. sort of sitting alongside.
2: Yeah, I was surprised to be honest. I think email in my inbox i was like wait what i don't don't really understand this um but yeah i was surprised but at the same time you know it was nice for me like i said it's my first season back now after doing my knee over here obviously we had the challenge cup um with the team that we have as well you know but i love it like like i said our team makes everybody else better you know and i as much as Uh, I got nominated, it is a huge reflection of our group. They allow me to just play this type of football right now that I'm really enjoying, um, that I feel real confident in. Um, And so, yeah, as much as obviously it is kind of an individual award, I always think that um, in a team environment, it's really difficult to kind of take that, you know. But also if you look at the list, I mean, everyone's done great, right? I mean, I was watching uh, Hatch yesterday and I was like, fair play to this girl. man! wow, she's just killed it for the spirit, you know, coming up clutch all the time. Uh, and one of my little favorites too is Salem. I love Salem. Maybe it's just because we're both midfielders and I get how hard it is. Um, but she's been unbelievable for Portland all year. So, yeah, I mean, anyone is, is worthy, winning. it's just, it's a nice thing to be in that top five for sure
1: listen i'll i'll put my myself on blast I, selfishly i was like yes i'm into this energy because i had to write for cbsports.com and i was like this is the year where it's not going to be an attacker or golden boot winner for mvp and here's why and i listed off all these players and and, and there was a number of midfielders and, and you yourself were among them so i was personally thrilled uh to to see your your name across the the mvp candidates um <laughs> but uh cl- closing out with with the semifinal of course and maybe some fun off the pitch things um Talking, we've chatted a lot about the processes and, and, and everything, Um, you know, something fun in your process for preparing for a big match like this. Is, is there like a superstition or a specific meal or song or, or something that you yeah. enjoy, a snack that you enjoy <laughs> uh, that you have to have post-training and pre- preparation for these kinds of games? Um,
2: You know, well, the one thing that I'll just be thinking of the entire week is... um jessica please sleep and please get to bed early because you're old and it's going to take a couple of days to uh, get really ready so i've already said to like my roommate in that loo i'm like i gotta be in bed by like nine this entire week so there's that and then you know when it comes to my pre-match i just have very basic eggs eggs on toast but i need to have that and obviously we play so early so i've already been like i need to get up earlier and eat at the pre-match time so i get my body is used to it by the time sunday comes in so i'm already like i'm already here just thinking about this stuff so yeah and then my post game ritual is naturally a beer so hopefully Mm that will stay the same just to celebrate one maybe on sunday
3: i love it what's your what is your beer that you go to what's your go-to posting <sighs> beer you know if
2: it's just like in the locker room and that's like a Modelo or a pacifico um but if i get to go out to like a little dive bar then it's like it's definitely a draft ale draft lager whatever they have that is a local draft lager is my jam for sure
1: I love it. I love it so much. Let's close out on that. Mexican beer is the best beer, according to Jess Fishlock. You're here first. I want to thank everybody for listening and joining us. Jess Fishlock, thank you for joining us on Attacking Third today. Thanks to Jess Fishlock for joining us. Now we have Tegan McGrady from Washington Spirit.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love,
1: Today we are joined by defender for Washington Spirit and semifinals bound Tegan McGrady. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm excited. We're we're excited to chat with you. You know, it's it's the playoffs. The energy is high. Uh, the, we get We get excited for the playoffs as well. You know. Those in the media are like, yes, this is the, the best time of year. So we're we're pretty high for this. And we're also excited to be joined uh by another special guest, your your dog, your four-month-old dog, Gus. <gasps> Hi, <Yeah>, buddy. <laughs> yeah, hey, Gus. So congrats to both you and Gus on making uh, the, the playoffs of the semifinals. Uh the the win against uh, North Carolina means you all advance uh, to the semifinals. So uh to start things off, uh maybe individually, uh, let's talk about how, how the season went for you. Um, the ups and downs of it, uh, you maybe kind of having to go through, navigate through some, some nagging injuries at times. How, how are you feeling heading into uh, the semifinal with the spirit here?
4: Um, I feel really good. I feel, you know, like I've finally reached, um, a peak fitness this season that I've been able to constantly be in training and not, you know, be pain-free. And I think that's something that was, uh, you know, very much needed after this entire year. So I'm, I'm really glad that I just feel the way that I do at the end of the season, going into, going into the semifinal game.
1: And then in, in your perspective, uh, in terms of like, uh, as a whole for, for the team, how do you, how how's the energy around the team right now? And how do you, how do you feel like the focus is for the team, uh, looking ahead to the semifinal?
4: I, I think our energy is amazing right now. I think, um, with everything that's happened this year, we kind of just put it all onto the field. Um, the things that we can control, and we knew that the one thing we can control is how we are on the field. And um, it kind of got to a point where we just had to come together as a team and say, like, look, like we can either let this get to us or we can use it as motivation, as fight, as something to show everyone that it's something that we can rise above no matter how much comes our way. And I think that's kind of like, you know, what you you would see in, in in many sports cases with other teams and normally the teams that are going through the most adversity somehow are pulling through at the end. So I, I have a really good feeling about, about us and going through the rest of playoffs.
3: I love how positive you sound about that. Um, I, I want to stick to a little bit of just on the pitch between the white lines for right now, last week against North Carolina, um, first playoff game and, and, Zero zero at the end of regulation it goes into overtime ultimately a goal does come from Ashley Hatch and, and Washington Spirit move on to the semifinals of the playoffs but was there a conversation at some point during the game maybe at halftime or at the end of regulation like let's end this on the field let's not go to PKs kind of what was that conversation um, between you and your teammates
4: yeah. Multiple times. I mean, halftime at the end of regulation through both overtimes, So it was always just like, it's now or never like this is, this is our time and we either get it done or it's not going to get done. So we knew that, you know, PKs is never anything that you want to go into, but I think just, it was a constant mentality of just being still able to fight, like, you know, tactics are out there, but like at the end of the day, like this is all just about leaving everything that you have on the field. And I think we, we all knew that we were going to see a very different playoff North Carolina than we had seen through the season. And we all knew what was kind of coming towards us. And we said like, this, this is going to be a battle and a half. Every, every game in this playoff is going to be a battle and a half. And I think it was more preparing for a battle then maybe just on the tactical side of things it was we know that if it gets to overtime we're gonna have to just push so I think that was you know a huge thing that I think Kelly has brought to the team is just like the push in everyone. and everyone in Sonnet and the leaders on the team Andy I think everyone is just you know we're constantly looking at one another and looking everyone directly in the eye saying like this is our time this is the time that we have to go now or it's not going to happen
1: it was absolutely a thrilling uh, quarterfinal going into to extra time. Uh, it was the first time ever in like NWL playoff history for for something like that to, to happen. Um, and then you all break through on on this this goal that's set up with Trinity Rodman and, and Ashley mm-hmm. Hatch. So let's maybe sort of take the angle of the attackers here and you and you being the defender. That the spirit I've had. Ah, uh, quite an exciting attacking core with 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 Broadman Hatch uh, as a Golden Boot winner, Sanchez mm-hmm. sort of you know getting involved in the mix, and you're the defender here. You're going up against these players week in week out. Yeah. How 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 would you evaluate the back line uh, heading into to the semifinal?
4: Um, I mean, I think. I think we have a very strong back line. I think that's, I think that's something that we've talked about this season too is our, our back line has kind of been overlooked, um, especially with the amount of combinations we put together in the back. I mean, you're talking about, I just got back into the starting 11 after being out for multiple games and having to fight my way back in there. So I think, that's a huge difference that we're seeing too, is there's been a lot of competition. There's four outside backs that could easily be starters on any other team in the league also. So you have people that are constantly fighting for center back and outside back positions, which maybe we didn't always have in the past. And I think that's something that's changed a lot during our training too, is everyone is constantly fighting for this position. I mean, we have so much talent on this team. It's so hard to break into the starting 11. It takes time. It takes passion will everything and i think you see that day in and day out from players just the will to want to be on the field so i think that especially on the defending side it was it was a definitely a turning point in season 2 when we said okay like we're giving up these goals that maybe we shouldn't what what do we need to do to turn this around in this season and we really honed in on defense at that point and maybe just the little things the little communication pockets I think Sam and Emily playing together just even more after coming back from the Olympics helped a lot and just everyone getting on one page and one rhythm together so I think I think it all goes into there and then also I mean like you said we we have to defend some of the best you know forwards and midfielders during training every single day and it's It's not easy, but it definitely helps
3: in the long run. Tegan, as you mentioned, you broke into that starting lineup and you did get the start against North Carolina. Congratulations. I know how much work that takes. Um, Is that something that you know about uh, in training leading up to it? Or is it really kind of a last minute coaching decision about who's going to start based on like performance?
4: Yeah, that it's kind of been that way lately, at least for some positions. Like I, you know, I don't really know. Last week I probably you can kind of get an inkling during the week, kind of seeing who's playing with who. Um, but I mean like all the way through last week, and me and uh Julia Rotter have been, you know, switching back and forth. It's always just who who looks um informed that week. And I think it it's easy to see that we can both interchangeably be on the field or off and both, you know, just do as well as we are doing so i think it's really hard i i would not want to be in the coach's position because you have players who want to be on the field and it it comes down to tough conversations and uh just being like you know just be ready i mean i was i was told for weeks like you know like you look good but like just be ready like it's it's not there yet and i'm like okay like i i know like i i'm getting there but so i think everyone realizes how hard it is um but you know, I mean, for me, the past couple of weeks and Julie have been the weeks before, like it, it comes down to even like the day before the game, before you you truly know what what's going to be happening that weekend.
3: But looking ahead to the semifinal match this weekend against O.L. Rain, a team that Washington and you have played a number of times throughout the regular season, um, most recently, just about a month ago. So having that experience of already playing a team like, OL oh, rain a number of times throughout the season. What do you take from those regular season games with you into this semifinal playoff match?
4: I think you, you really have to look at not only the games that we've played, but all their games overall. I think you can get a very different rain team on very different days. Um, I think they're very, how do I say? They're very different from day to day. You, you know, the, they're very dynamic they can put different combinations on the field and still be, you know, one of the best teams in the league. So I think it's not just about studying their starting 11, but also their entire team, because you you really never know who they're going to put on the field. You have an idea, but it's also, are they going to be, you know, more of a through ball team today? Are they going to be more of like a, a sit back and try and lull you to sleep type team? And then all of a sudden, you know, get you on a counter. I, I think it's hard. I think it's also especially hard with, you know, the field that they play on. I, it's very different from any field um, in the league. So it's it's definitely, you know, going into trainings and whatnot, we, we have to focus on, you know, maybe a smaller field than what we're used to being on, like an Audi or anything bigger than that. So with rain, it's definitely looking at them, but then it's also looking at the environment that you're going to be put in at the same time because the environment is almost, you know, just as hard as the team that you're playing against at that point. Um, I think it, it's definitely interesting when you come to a point in playoffs, when you've played teams so many times, because you're like, you think, you know them and they think they know you, but somehow there's always something that, you know, stumps you a bit on both sides. So I, it will be very, very fun to play them again, but they're also a very good team. And I know it's going to be a fight and a half again.
1: We're looking forward to covering it, uh, for sure. Uh, Tegan, there's there's been so many ups and downs uh, this season for the spirit specifically, especially um, off the field and and to sort of watch and, and cover the team and, and see you all making into the playoffs, win that first round, now moving into the semifinals. Um, you know, it, it has shown a lot. It, it it showed how the team can can perform uh, under those uh, you know conditions surrounding them, and and says a lot about perhaps the, the resiliency of of this team. Um, you know, how how would you uh, there, we're curious if you would be willing to, to speak maybe a little bit about how the team is sort of come together in, in these tough moments, uh, specifically, um, you know, who have you perhaps, you know, relied on or, or looked to for, for leadership and trying to help, you know, navigate the team or, or, or have you perhaps taken on that role in some ways?
4: Yeah. Um, I think it was, it's been a combination I think of everyone really stepping up and, um, you know, it was, it was, really interesting. Cause we were talking to Tori, um, Tori Houston when she would say like, Oh, she's like, honestly, like, I don't think I've ever been through as much as I like, uh, she was like, I never would have thought I would go through as much in one year as I never have my entire career in this league. She's like, this is something that happens over years, not over just one season. And, I think that puts a lot into perspective to show like how much this team and this league has been through this year. The fact that we've experienced everything we have in just one season. I mean, you have rookies on the team that are absolutely just have no idea how to navigate this. I mean, you have, it's, it's crazy that even us, some of us third year players are considered veterans at this point because, you know, we have a young team. So I think it, It's been hard to navigate because you have so many feelings, you have so many people in different places, you have, I think it's definitely been the the older crowd trying to help the younger ones in that sense, and I think that's been the biggest difference is that when you have a team that has a lot of younger players is you need the players to kind of take the the younger ones under their wings. And I mean, I always turn to like Andy Sullivan. I mean, I've played with her for, you know, years on end now after being at Stanford with her. And I think it's a lot has just come to just the the little conversations, not about necessarily the huge team talks. I mean, those are, those are always great, but I think it's, the more that you can get close to each individual player on the team and have these conversations with them where everything is okay, or you have the little groups, or you have people that mix in between that can, you know, kind of relay messages, or if someone doesn't feel comfortable saying something, you know, being able to have a voice for them and using your voice, I think is something that we found very helpful within our group, um, and just, Being able to feel like you can you can go to at least someone and talk to them about something if you're feeling a certain way. And I think we all kind of have those certain players on the team. So I think that's just it's it's the conversations that we've been able to have with one another that allow us to keep moving forward.
1: I think it's really shown through for for your team this year, and especially in these like high pressure moments when it's really come down to win or go home type of mm-hmm. uh, energy and mentality. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's we've been closing out these these interviews with like a, a bit of fun. We've been doing so many different um, uh, player interviews for for the playoffs, so mm-hmm. the spirit are now one for one Ray with the quarterfinal win going into the semifinal, you've had to prepare for a couple uh, different playoff games now. So we've been asking uh players, like in terms of your own process for preparing for these playoffs, you know, is there anything that you as a player need to keep as part of your like preparation or training regimen? Like, is there a go-to snack that you have to have like pre or post training? Uh, or is there something that you, is there like a certain song that you have to uh, always like listen to uh, throughout the, the, the training week uh, hit us with the, with one of your picks.
4: Um, I think mine is definitely just like before games, listening to like a certain set of songs that help like my confidence Um, definitely is, is the biggest thing for me. And just understanding that, you know, I'm, I'm here as a, as a reason for a player. And I just, you know, have to keep continuing to believe that. So it's definitely just, you know, a couple songs that get me ready to go and understanding that I, that I'm in the position that I am for a reason.
3: Is it more of a playlist where you're sitting there and you're just like soaking it in? Or are you like up and dancing and moving around? Like what's Uh kind of the vibe there?
4: Mine is more soaking it in. I think I get super nervous leading into games, you know, even hours before um, I have to eat at a certain time because past a certain point, I just can't anymore. So like my body knows when it's time and because I get so nervous, I have to, really kind of control those nerves and I can't get too amped up with like you know loud pump up music or else my nerves kind of just go through the roof so I need something a little bit a little bit more laid back a little bit more calming something that I can really kind of just let my mind take control in there
1: that's that's not uncommon like i, th- I feel like we've heard mm-hmm. that a lot like there's like the spectrum and then there's like there's players <laughs> who like want to be amped and then there's the players that are like they want to be mellow. Mm-hmm. they want to like yeah. chill out before for mm-hmm. the game and i i love that i, I kind of want to get like those players in a room and sort of like yeah. <laughs> having to be like what's your playoff song right now what's your playoff song right now and just have like the mm-hmm. stark contrast um yeah so so awesome i i want to thank everybody for for listening to this interview today we want to thank you tegan for joining us uh good luck this weekend with the continued preparation for the semifinals. A quick reminder for everyone to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you're listening to your podcast shows. We're also available as videos, so subscribe to youtube.com slash Attacking Third, we'll be back with more playoff uh, previews and build-up ahead of the semifinals on November 14th. So for Sandra Herrera, Lisa Roman, and Tegan McGrady, this was Attacking Third.
0: Okay, picture this.